I miss the smell of buttery popcorn, the anticipation of the dimming lights, and the dancing M&Ms that suggest you silence your phone. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. And some raisinets and Skittles. Taste the rainbow. The problem at the movies this year has been the problem of 2020, coronavirus. Theaters shuttered out of fear and an abundance of caution. Release dates were pushed back. Small films were sentenced to on-demand or Netflix. Social distancing is the opposite of the Cineplex experience. Those big dark rooms are places for the collective oohs and ahs and screams. In a year that often makes you want to scream, there is a silver lining or a silver screen lining. One of the worst pandemics in human history might make it easier for you to get a ticket to the 56th annual Chicago International Film Festival. You won't have to leave your couch or your car to enjoy the best in award-winning dramas, comedies, documentaries, and foreign films. Today, I'm proud to say I have your exclusive preview ticket to the 2020 Chicago International Film Festival and an interview with Mama Gloria filmmaker, Lucina Fisher. I'm Valerie Johnson, and this is Interludes. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production, brought to you by A1 Pest Masters. For all your exterminating and pest control needs, call A1 Pest Masters. And now, all the way live from the south side of Chicago, give it up for your host, Valerie Johnson. Now you know good and well, Chicago Mayor Laurel Lightfoot is not going to let you violate social distancing by sitting in some crowded movie theater laughing and screaming all over everybody. Yet COVID or no COVID, the annual show must and will go on starting this week. The Chicago International Film Festival opened Wednesday, October 14th and is scheduled to run through Sunday, October 25th. Due to coronavirus, most of the film selections that make up the festival will be available to audiences via virtual showings or through special drive-in events around Chicago. Ticket prices range from 12 to 16 for virtual screenings and 30 to 100 for drive-in screenings. This year's festival includes the ability to attend free question and answer conversations with filmmakers and the ability to watch most of the festival films from anywhere in the nation. And this year's films are worth watching. This year, 
Several festival selections address the diverse experiences of African Americans in the U.S. and black people throughout the diaspora. They include the directorial debut of Oscar award-winning actress Regina King with the film One Night in Miami, an episodic series on Chicago politics, a New York-based jazz romance in Sylvie's Love, an 80s-style horror comedy about a weave coming to life, and a re-examination of the infamous federal government bombing of a black neighborhood in Philadelphia. Among the offering in the Black Perspectives category is a beautifully told, upbeat film about an inspiring transgender woman from Chicago who has made it her mission to improve the lives of younger people around her. The documentary features the story of a person navigating the city's subculture of gay and transgendered ball on the South Side and learning to become herself. Mama Gloria tells the real-life story of Gloria Allen, a towering regal Danye, who has not only survived hard times, but who has thrived thanks to an uncommon support system and boundless inner strength. Here's a clip. I feel like Snow White just being kissed and woke up. We don't know when our time is going to come, but God has been so good to me. Walk proud, because I'm going to let you know I am somebody. Let's hear from filmmaker Lucina Fisher about her festival selection, Mama Gloria. It's Valerie Johnson, and welcome to Interludes. I am excited as being a budding filmmaker myself in the game for a little bit. I am excited to introduce you to filmmaker Lucina Fisher. How are you? I am so well. I'm doing wonderfully. Thank you for having me. Thank you so very much. I had a privilege to screen this wonderful film called Mama Gloria, and we're going to be talking about this. Quick question. How did you first learn about Gloria Allen? Ooh, it was a friend, a dear friend of mine from college. He's actually the dean at Northwestern um, now in, in speech communications. And he found out through his network that Gloria was looking for a ghost writer. Yes, I was a ghost writer in my past life. Okay. <laughs> um, started out in Chicago uh, with the Slick Boys. I don't know if you remember them. Um, the three cops from, yeah, they, they, um, they stopped the gang violence in Cabrini Green. So I go way back um, with ghost writing and um, my friend knew that I had this background. He also knew that I had, um, that I was a mother of three and including a daughter who identifies as transgender. And he thought, hmm, this could be a great fit. Well, when I read Gloria's story in the Chicago Tribune article, I read about her charm school. I said, oh my God, this woman needs to be seen and heard. She needs to be on the screen. And as it turned out, I was on my way to Chicago with my daughter. I live now in Connecticut, uh, but I lived in Chicago for six years and it's very dear to my heart. And 
we were on our way to Chicago for coming out day. This is nearly two years ago to the date. Um, and Gia, my daughter, was speaking to three Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 100, they were big companies, about her experience coming out as transgender. And I said, Gloria, can we meet? And we met, it was instant affection for one another. Um, we just clicked and she said, okay, we're doing this. And I said, yeah, we're gonna do this. And we started filming a month later. <laughs> wow, that's what, that, and you know, that leads me right into my next question. What makes Mama Gloria such an ins inspirational person to film? Uh, is it her self-awareness? Uh, her regal nature, because she carried herself very regal in, in when I was seeing the film, or her willingness to be vulnerable in front of your camera. Mm. She certainly has queen energy, queen Gloria, for sure. And, you know, being a queen, I think, also means being vulnerable. Uh, Gloria was not afraid for us to show anything that was happening in her life. And uh, we started the film thinking that um, we were going to talk mainly about this term school, but really what I was so fascinated by is here was a portrait of aging that we haven't seen before. Um, so often we think of the transgender movement, uh, the current transgender movement, as one for young people. Um, we don't think about those elders who paved the way and came before because so many of them sadly have passed on. Right. But Gloria is here, she's 75, she just turned 75 and she is living her life to the fullest extent. And what a beautiful message about resilience and joy and grace that she shows, I think, throughout this film. Um, I, I was really struck, I think, mostly uh, by the love that her mother and grandmother had for her. Um, in the 1940s, when she was born, 50s, 60s, at a time before the word transgender even existed, mm -hmm. her mother, was giving her that unconditional love that I think is critical um, within our families. It really is a portrait of a mother's love. And it's the love Gloria had for her chosen children, the, the love that her mother had for her. And certainly it's driven by the love I have for my daughter. So I, I just so related to that. And I really wanted to bring that out in the film so that people can remember that we, we have to love our children no matter how they present in the world to us. Um, they, they deserve that love and they need that love. Wonderful, wonderful, wow. Um, now we're in, we're in different times right now. What is it like to premiere a film that you worked on for sounds like nearly two years to a virtual audience during this pandemic. Oof, um, that's hard. Yeah, I, I will admit um, I had a dream that we would be in Chicago premiering um, and that we would all be together. 
um, in a theater, um, on stage after the film, uh, talking to an audience, um, having the audience laugh along with us, cry. Mm -hmm. um, it, it is tough uh, to, to, to give that up, you know, to know that we won't be together, to know that Gloria and I are not going to be seeing the film in the same room together. Um, that's tough. But I guess I always look for the silver lining, as does Gloria. We are very similar in that way. You pick yourself up, you keep on going. Uh, the silver lining really is that um, everybody now can come see our premiere uh, throughout the US. And um, you don't have to just be in Chicago. You can come uh, screen the film virtually from anywhere, it, you know, your home, <laughs> <laughs> your, your phone, whatever. You can, you can come to our premiere at, at the Chicago International and that is really cool. Oh, great. Cause I guess we just got to make lemons out of lemonade and you definitely have, <laughs> I hear it in your voice. Yes, very much so. In your previous films, You've examined relationships within African-American families, uh, deaf in the family and danger word, and the personal decisions women make exercising their right to choose. Uh, I believe birthright was the, a war story. Do you, feel, do you view film as a form of advocacy on behalf of underrepresented communities? Mm, yes, I do. I mean, of course, it's it's a modem it's a mode of entertainment you know you, you cannot forget uh that we are entertaining people that we are drawing them in into a story into people's lives um but i guess just given who i am how i came up watching film um it transported me um to new places um, into new people's lives. Um, it, uh, it, it helped me understand history um, and things that were not taught in our history books. Um, I think so much of the documentaries of the civil rights movement um, that were so, such a powerful force in my childhood. Mm -hmm. um, so I always knew that as a writer, uh, starting out as a journalist, um, that I had a, a, a certain uh, responsibility mm -hmm. to make sure that stories uh, that were not often in the paper or you know that we hadn't seen before, that those stories got told. And, um, and I knew that I could relate often to the people I, I was talking to um, and because they felt heard, right? They felt seen. Um, and so just by bringing uh, to light uh, to the screen, those stories that we don't often see, that in and, it's, in and of itself, right, is an act of, um, of, of, of a mission of, you know, of bringing forward, you know, some, some aspect that we're, we're not talking about. Okay. 
Um, as a filmmaker telling Gloria's story, you highlight a hidden history of gay and transgender balls and clubs in the 1950s and 60s Chicago, which I didn't know anything about being from Chicago. I'm like, oh gosh, I didn't know. Uh, scenes audiences may be for the first time seeing in shows like Lovecraft Country. Uh, what lessons, if any, could this history teach a contemporary audience? Oh man, the trans people have existed forever, right? Mm -hmm. um, this isn't just a new phenomenon. And I think really importantly that um, that scene, which uh, you know was attended by um, all kinds of people, white, black, gay, straight, was on the South side of Chicago. It was in the black community in Chicago. And it was embraced by the black community. Right. The black press covered it. Um, celebrities uh, often went to these clubs where female impersonators performed. The Finney's balls, which were started in the thirties were popular for over 40 years. Um, people who grew up in Chicago do remember uh, Halloween's, because uh, usually the ball was on Halloween. You're right. Yeah. Now it's coming to you. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know what that. Oh, <laughs> that was the Finney's balls, you know. And so a lot of these photographs that are in the film um, are actually preserved at Chicago's public library, which is amazing, an amazing resource of our history. Mm -hmm. And um, and so. I just wanted to remind people that this existed before, um, that Gloria came out of this history, that transgender people come out of this history, that black transgender people come out of this history. It's really important to know that, yes, we, as, you, as we started about Gloria being a queen, right? Mm -hmm. There was a lot of regal and royalty and, and richness to that experience. And it's really important to remember that at a time where um, really black trans women feel like they're under attack and they are to a great extent. Um, what would you want, what would you like your audience to take away after seeing Mama Gloria? That she's just a human being like all of us, mm -hmm. that she has lived and loved, been loved, that uh, she's had goals and um, she's concerned about her legacy and what she leaves behind and the people she will touch. Um, I, I just really want people to understand that trans people are our aunties, our children, mm -hmm. our friends, our co-workers, they are part of us mm -hmm. and their stories need to be seen in that way. Um, I, I, I really felt like this film just was about showing Gloria in all of her glory, in her life now, and letting her tell her story. 
uh, so that you see how much we do have in common. What's the state of African-American filmmaking today? Um, are directors and screenwriters who, whose, whose work excites you or inspires you? Ooh, wow. This is an exciting time to be a Black female filmmaker. I'm just going to say that. I'm just going to put that out there because I feel it. I feel things are changing. Um, I met Ava DuVernay. Oh, gosh. That's my favorite. She's my favorite. Oh, my gosh. Hands of God. She's my favorite. I know. <laughs> well, it's funny. Like, Ava and I actually were talking... I was interviewing her when I used to work for ABC News mm -hmm. as an entertainment reporter. Mm -hmm. And I remember interviewing her about her Oscar party because it was like mm -hmm. famous, you know, she would yeah. have these Oscar parties. And this was back when she was a publicist. And then she started making films. And, and so I met her in person for the first time after she had made uh, Middle of Nowhere yeah. Uh, and it won the Sundance um, uh, Grand Jury Prize. And right. I, we had dinner, we hung out. I was just like, oh my gosh, she is doing it. Like, I could be doing this, you know? And at that point I had uh, done Death in the Family. Mm -hmm. um, I hadn't yet done Danger Word, but I was like so impressed that she just went ahead. She didn't wait for anybody to give her a green light. I so believe in that, um, that, you know, there's no reason to wait on Hollywood to discover you. That's right. You discover yourself. You, you, know, you know what you're capable of. You know your gifts. So you just put it out there in the world. And, you know, honestly, when I started Mama Gloria, I thought, oh, I'm going to just do this small film. Maybe it'll be a short documentary. Um, it kept growing and growing. You learn and, more. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, and then I got this support and I, you know, I started reaching out and finding mentors because yes, there have been um, a number of black women filmmakers who've been at it. Maybe they haven't gotten the credit or um, the fanfare. They're starting to get that attention now. Oh, good. But good. they have been toiling away for a while. And I was like, I need to connect with them. I need to feel like I'm not alone. And I'll tell you now I'm part of this group, Brown Girl Doc Mafia, which is 4,000 women of color strong <laughs> who are all documentary filmmakers. Okay. And, you know, some who do narrative as well. But it, it just shows you the power of um, uh, us right now in this industry and the industry's paying attention. I have gotten a number of uh, calls Good. in the last um, few months. I do think this reckoning that's happening in the country is touching on every area and aspect of our life. And that includes Hollywood and the stories we tell and who's telling those stories. Um, and it does mean a great opportunity for us black female storytellers who've been at this for a while 
and uh, finally Hollywood is taking notice. And that's that's a that's a blessing within itself. I mean that that's wonderful. Are there any films uh, that you are looking forward to watching a part of this festival as a moviegoer? You know, just watching, checking out what other people have done. Oh yes. <laughs> I want to see Sam Pollard's MLK LBJ film. I want to see One Night in Miami, Regina King's directorial debut. I love that she and I are making our debut together. Yes. (laughs) Another fan. I'm a fan of hers. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) I would love to work with her. Um, I, I want to see the Kate Winslet film. Um, Mama Gloria is also in competition with a number of, um, uh, LGBTQ films in the outlook competition. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing all of those films, including two, uh, that are also about transgender, um, subjects. Uh, yeah, there's so much. And then we're also competing in the um, documentary, the feature documentary competition. And um, there's a film by uh, Tommy Oliver, mm-hmm. um, who, who I met uh, last year in LA. I, I'm looking forward to seeing that on Move, the movement um, from Philadelphia. Uh, he, did a, he did a film about Move. So uh, yeah, there's, there's a ton I wanna see. Well, I'll be rooting for Mama Gloria because I'm biased because I've, I've already screened it already. But if people wanted to see Mama Gloria uh, with the Chicago International Film Festival, how could they do that? Oh, my goodness. Well, there's two ways. Mm-hmm. First, you can go to our website, Mama Gloria Film mm-hmm. um, and uh, MamaGloriaFilm.com, and it'll pop right up. You can... Um, Uh, go right to the ticket link at Chicago International Film Festival. And then we do have a Mama Gloria page on the festival's um, lineup. Uh, So you can get virtual tickets um, for your virtual screening. I do have word that I think our premiere is already sold out. But... That's, That's not that. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. No, it is great news, right? Great. Our, our, our premiere is possibly sold out for tomorrow, but the film will have show times through October 25th. Mm-hmm. And um, we, Gloria and I will also be doing a Q&A on Saturday. Uh, I believe it's the 17th mm-hmm. of October mm-hmm. um, at around, I believe, 8 uh, is it eight? No, it's seven central. Seven central. Seven central. Um, so you can also live stream that. I believe it's free uh, for, for anyone to, to see that as well. Wonderful. Lucina Fisher. Amen. You Thank you it. so much for joining us. I'm Valerie Johnson, and this is Interludes. Lucina Fisher's Mama Gloria is one of the many featured documentaries and the 56th annual Chicago International Film Festival. To support this film and to view others virtually, please visit chicagofilmfestival.com forward slash festival. Next time on Interludes. Anyone to me that would deny history is on the wrong side of history. Anyone to me that would deny education is a problem, Mm -hmm. I think. As we all know that if we don't know our history, we are bound to repeat it. 
political science professor, author, and playwright, Ted Williams III, next time on Interludes. Interludes, original concept by Valerie Johnson, produced by Michael Womble and Valerie Johnson, written by Michael Womble, song intro and outro produced by Kendall Nesbeth. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production, brought to you by A1 Pestmasters. For all your pest control and exterminating needs, call A1 Pestmasters at Area code 773-365-9962 or visit their website at a1pestmasters.com. <music>